This is the Darren Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz. I've been interviewing musicians, comedians, and all sorts of entertainers for almost 20 years. Joan Rivers, Flavor Flav, Paris Hilton, members of Guns N' Roses and the Eagles, and countless others. This show is about artists and why they do what they do. Chris Jericho is not only one of the most famous professional wrestlers of all time, but he's also an accomplished musician, author, and podcaster. Chris Jericho recently released his fourth memoir, No is a Four-Letter Word, which features an introduction by KISS frontman Paul Stanley. While promoting No is a Four-Letter Word, I had the pleasure of doing an interview with Jericho by phone. Jericho also notably has an upcoming cruise coming up known as Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Hello. Hi, is this Chris? You got him. Hey, this is Darren Paltrow. It's your 11 o'clock interview. Is still a good time for you? Yes, sir. Uh, you were born on Long Island, correct? Yeah, in Manhasset. In Manhasset. But, you know, everyone thinks of you as being from Canada, but did you actually spend any of your life on Long Island? Well, my dad was playing for the Rangers at the time when, uh, when I was born there in November. So we always stayed. Um, let's see, when did he get traded from the Rangers? I think in 74 he got traded, but always during the offseason. We'd go back to Winnipeg, which is where he was from. So I kind of spent... You know, uh, winters in uh, Long Island and summering in Winnipeg, sort of thing. As an adult, did you ever come to Long Island on vacation? I know that you worked at the Coliseum a lot of times, of course. Yeah, when we were on vacation, we played there uh, a band. I think we were just in Patchogue maybe three months ago. Uh, but other than that, yes, only, only for working, never on vacation. Throughout your new book, which I really have to say is excellent, uh, you reference a fifth book. Um, have you already started writing the next one? You know, I have some ideas. I have so many more stories, but like, which is why I decided to do Noah's The Four Letter Word the way I did it. A motivational, self-help type book, because I thought I'd make a fourth autobiography might be a little bit too uh, pretentious. I got a lot of ideas. Fifth book, sixth book, I love to write, and uh, I have a little bit of a kind of a literary fan base that enjoys reading my stuff. So I think I could step away as I'm proving on this book, away from just the tip of autobiography, and go into completely more specific subjects. One of the things I really enjoy about your writing is that it sounds like the way that you speak, yet you actually studied journalism in college. Did you ever have anyone trying to change the way that you write? No, not at all. I think journalism, um, I think journalism is a little bit more official because they're reporting. As far as the reason why people like to read that book, like you said, is because it is uh, sounding like the way I talk, but I think because I write everything from the dust jacket to the uh, captions of the photos to it is all for Sherico writing it. And so it is like I'm talking to you because, you know, in reality, I pretty much am. That's my thoughts directly onto the printed page.
branding. Nowadays, everyone knows what branding is. Do you remember what first inspired you to learn about branding or when you first became brand conscious? It seems like that's such more of a master plan than there really was. For me, even when I first started wrestling, I never considered myself just a wrestler because I was a small, I was small at that point in time in 1990 when I started. It was all about giant guys. And I knew I could never be the biggest guy on the show, but I knew I could have the biggest personality. So therefore, I always looked at myself more of an entertainer. And I was always playing music as well. When I was a kid, like I wanted to be a musician, I wanted to be a wrestler. It might have been a primitive version of branding, even though I didn't know that was the typical word. Probably, I think maybe, right when I joined the WWE, which is 2000, that's when I realized, like, listen, I'm not gonna be wrestling forever. I wanna do music, I wanna do writing. Like you said, brand. I think maybe brand only became my consciousness when I became a word du jour about five or six years ago, but I had already been working on that for, for many, many years prior. So a theme that you just mentioned, and also something that's come up in, in your books, is that you initially wanted to be a musician and a wrestler. And now you're not only both of those things, but you're also a top podcaster. You have the Podcast Network. You've had four best-selling books. You've acted. There are other things that we could talk about you, that you've done. But when somebody you know asks what you do for a living, in the rare case they don't know who you are, how do you describe yourself? Do you just say, I'm an entertainer? Basically, yeah, that's basically it, man. I'm in show business, you know, and that's the truth. And I think one of the reasons why I do so many different things is because I realized once I made it wrestling, made it music, there's no limitations here. If you're talking about things that are creative and artistry and uh, things that I feel I can really do, then I'll, I'll take a chance and do it. Dancing with the Stars, of course, is one of the biggest you know career risks that you could have taken. But is there anything else that you're still hoping to accomplish or a certain kind of role that you want to have? It's hard to say, man, because I think once you kind of get your name out there and show that whatever you do is always quality, I don't really have a Thing to do. I just know that I have no idea what's coming around the corner tomorrow or next week or next month. Um, you know, I love acting. That's something that I really would like to do more of. I just try and uh, continue to focus on what's going on now and, and have complete knowledge that things will come you know, across that proverbial desk tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day. The one good thing for me is that I don't do anything for money now. I do things because I want to do them. I do things that interest me. I do things that challenge me. As a performer and as an artist, that's a great position to be in. live in Tampa. Do you have a favorite restaurant out there in Tampa? There's a great place here called Black Rock. They cook steak on big slabs of granite rock that they heat up to um, 700 degrees or something like this. So they bring the steak out to you pretty much raw and it cooks on this big slab of stone basically as you're eating it. It's, it's a great place, man. So it's one of my favorites. And of course, there's always the classic Burns Steakhouse, the famous Burns Steakhouse. And also there's a great um, chain called Burger 21, which is a tremendous burger restaurant that I love going to as well. Okay, cool. Um, one of the great things in your book was when you talked about the whole chicken and as it related to Saxon and all that. Do you still have a whole chicken on your rider these days? Always. I just had one the other day uh, at a one-man show. I did Winnipeg. It's, it's the greatest thing because you can't screw it up. You know, it, it, as long as there's a rotisserie chicken on my rider, I know that I'll always be able to have one good meal a day. We have a mutual friend in DDP who 
who is a big crusader of gluten-free. Does any of that apply to uh, your caveman diet, or is it just as long as it's protein, you know, that's the goal? I'm not sure if gluten-free fits in there, but for me, if I'm doing no, you know, no bread, no carbs, I, I, I'm not going to cheat and do gluten at all. But I, I will say this, though. When you do eat gluten-free bread, it really does make a difference, and I actually really, really like it. Cool. Uh, three more quick questions, and then you're a free man. Uh, the first <laughs> the first is, when you're not uh, busy with work, which doesn't seem to be very often, what do you like to do for fun? You know, I like hanging out with my kids. I don't have any friends in Tampa. Uh, not in a bad way, but, but it's all kid stuff. Uh, make a breakfast, take them to school, drop them off. Pick them up, go football practice. It's the balance of when you're on the road, gone as much as I am. When I'm home, it's got to be all family all the time, and I like that. What's the last concert that you attended for fun? And I ask that because, you know, that is your business, per se, and a touring musician isn't necessarily going to think of going to a concert as for fun, as fun. but what is it in your case? Always, always. Actually, the Metallica about a month ago in Atlanta at a stadium. I saw Guns N' Roses five days ago in Winnipeg. I take uh, rock and roll road trips all the time. This has been a great summer, actually. Summer party as well as one of my favorites. Kiss, uh, I saw. Cool. So, uh, in closing, any last words for the kids? If you want to do something, you know, don't make excuses. Just go make it happen. Uh, this is how I do it. So you can do it too. Really appreciate your time. You really, really did a great cool. book. Hope you're getting all that praise. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that, man. You got it. Take care. Seriously, thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz on the Pure Grain Audio Network. More information on the Paltrowcast can be found online at www.puregrainaudio.com.